In this episode of Octal FM, Sefran and I dissect some of the announcements and coverage around one of the biggest events of the year for Blizzard fans and PC gamers alike, BlizzCon 2018. Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelato. And today we're going to have a little bit more of a, uh, a topical conversation, which we usually try and stay away from, but it's something that we thought would be a really good point of discussion. And we wanted to talk about BlizzCon 2018 uh, and all of the things that came with that, because there's quite a lot to unpack. Like when we first started discussing, we were like, yeah, there's, there's some cool stuff. But then we realized that we ended up having an hour's worth of preamble about it. And we're like, okay, there's a lot to talk about here. Mm-hmm. We could just record this and this would be a good episode. <laughs> it's like, Dan, we should have recorded when we, we started. We really should have done. Yeah, it, for those that don't know, BlizzCon is a yearly event that is held by Blizzard. And they're a video game publisher. They make a lot of really, really heavy hitting titles. So World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Starcraft, Diablo, Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm. Is that all of them? I think so. Yeah. And they're also now owned by, owned by or joint with, I don't know. I don't know who bought I think who. it is. I think it is joint. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident it's like Activision is the, the main player as it were. Yeah. So Blizzard Activision is actually the, the real name of the company, if you like. Um, so you've also got Destiny 2 and um, Call of Duty Black Ops 4 as sort of part of their their flagship products. Yeah, exactly. Because Blizzard have this um, service, again, if you're not familiar, if you you will be if you're a PC gamer, but they have this service called Battle.net, which has a hilariously 90s name because <laughs> it, it, that is when it is from. <laughs> um, and so, and that's their sort of, originally it was their like multiplayer matchmaking service. And now it's turning into their platform for you know all of their games and yeah. all of their marketing and cross promotion between titles and the online shop and all of that kind of thing i mean you you mentioned this actually it's sort of like where steam was yeah like in early days of steam when it was predominantly if not exclusively valve products yeah but we can we'll sort of come on to that so yeah so blizzcon is this uh, event that it's held in real life but you can also pay real money for a virtual ticket um, which always boggles my mind. I forget yeah, that every blows year. My mind. <laughs> and then I remember and I'm like, wait, you can pay. It's like $50 or something. It's not cheap. Uh, yeah. If you told me that I could maybe watch like the live coverage uh, of all like the presentations and stuff for maybe, I don't know, five pounds, you know, $10, whatever. I'm like, okay, fair enough. And they, I think they throw in some bonus stuff as well for some of the games. Do. Yes. Like if you have like a ticket, you get access to like a new mount in WoW or you get access to like a skin or something in Overwatch, which, again, which is cool if, you know, if you play those games actively and you want that, you want that content. But $50, what? Sorry, how much? Yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah. And actually that sort of is something to bear in mind when we're in in all of the discussion we're having, particularly towards the end, when we discuss some of the controversy around this year, keep that in mind that, you know, people pay $50 for a ticket to this thing. Um, PC gamers play, pay $50 for a ticket to this because it is Blizzard are primarily, if not almost exclusively until recently, a PC game 
man, you know, producer, developer. Mm. Hearthstone, the collectible card game, is uh, also on uh, mobile devices. Overwatch is on consoles as well. Um, but, they, you know, they're really PC. The, their core market is 100% PC gamers. Yeah, definitely. And nothing is more PC than World of Warcraft, uh, which received a little bit of uh, love at BlizzCon 2018 in the form of uh, a little bit more about, and I think a demo of, uh, World of Warcraft Classic, which is yeah, basically Blizzard saying, okay, fine, you're going to play World of Warcraft um, on like illicit servers yeah private servers <laughs> uh so fine we'll just make an official private server and you can play it, you can play it on our servers instead and then we get to control it um and sort of reduce the piracy a little bit and they also get the extra money from it as well because you've got to have a wow subscription to be able to play it right exactly um and it's interesting like blizzard Blizzard is one of those respected developers who they really, it feels like they do really listen to their fans. And this is an example of them listening. And they're sort of, it's taken them a long time, but it's like, people are always like, oh, we want the early days of WoW. We want WoW back, you know, a couple, basically, you know, a couple of years after it came out um, was sort of like the, the heyday, if you like. And I think it's a, it's a nice acknowledgement from Blizzard. And this is not a criticism of how far World of Warcraft has come, that actually it's basically a different game to what it was yeah. when it came out. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. I mean, I played during the, the, the kind of the first main expansion, the, is it Burning Crusade? Mm. And I've, I watch, say, some YouTubers, they play the most recent stuff, and I don't recognise almost anything. Like, yeah. it, it has a similar sort of art style to it, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, that's where um, it ends, You know, right? I couldn't tell you much else about the game. So I think you saying that it is essentially now a different game, even though it is the same game, is, is quite an apt way of putting it. Yeah. And you'll see this th- theme through all of the stuff, actually, from or a lot of the stuff from this BlizzCon, is this kind of Blizzard games last a long time. And they look after their games and they look after their games possibly better than anyone else. Hmm. Um, you know, if you look at World of Warcraft versus, let's say, EverQuest, which is which at the time when World of Warcraft came out would, would probably have been the biggest uh, MMO or EverQuest 2 or whatever. And hmm. EverQuest 2 is not a thing now, as far as no. I know, or, or at least not as much of a thing. And that's because Blizzard have looked after WoW. And as much as it still looks a little bit like an old game it has a lot of very new game quality of life improvements. And they acknowledge that the video game, you know, ecosystem has moved on and World of Warcraft now looks like, you know, games of today. It has a lot of things like, you know, quick matchmaking and it doesn't really have instancing anymore. You know, it's, it's all kind of blend, you know, different servers rather. It's all, all the servers are kind of blended into one a little bit and you can go into a dungeon with someone from another server and it doesn't Mm. matter. You know, they, they've really sort of like adapted it from a technical point of view. That sounds like an absolute nightmare, (laughs) but nonetheless, whatever they've done it. And so, yeah, WoW Classic basically lets you play the game as it was pretty much soon after it first came out. and Without all those quality of life changes. Right, and that sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it really but does. Apparently. I mean, we, we've, we brought it up earlier that 95% of the people who will play this WoW Classic are just in it for the nostalgia because this is when they started playing and it's also when they made a lot of their friends and it's when they made like a lot of their early kind of gaming Mm. discoveries of like how cool MMOs were. And 
that doesn't take away from the fact that that's where it started, but it will never be recreated with this. You can't get that those feelings back again because they were unique to the time to you, not because of the game necessarily. Yeah, I, I sort of, I don't know. Like, I think there will be some people that play this and enjoy it, and that's fine. And I think that it's, I, I don't understand how Blizzard get a free pass doing something like this. I feel like a lot of of game developers and publishing companies would really get slagged off for basically taking an ancient game and just putting it back again and being like, yeah. here you go. Like that, I, I, it, it boggles my mind. Like, yeah, pay for this game a second time. Like people are like, woohoo, World of Warcraft classic. Like that seems, I don't know. Blizzard is, a, is, is unique in that. And, and the PC gaming community is sometimes a little bit weird and eclectic in their desires. But hmm. hey-ho, it's a thing. It's pretty cool that Blizzard are doing it. Um, well, going from one game that they are re-releasing essentially alongside the existing product to another one that they're doing a very similar thing for, but doing it in a more traditional sense, and that's talking about Warcraft Three Reforged, right? Uh, which is sort of it's a it's more of a remaster than a like a full recreation mm-hmm. uh, of Warcraft Three, the the game that sort of like created the universe that WoW was set in. Now, don't get me wrong. I know, obviously, there was the first two Warcraft games too. But it was Warcraft that very much sort of set the groundwork for the world in which Warcraft, World of Warcraft is is based within the the lands of Azeroth. Absolutely. And they are releasing that to a lot of players who will have never, ever played it before, but who will instantly be familiar with a lot of the lore and a lot of the characters in the background, Mm. which I think is really great because... There were some really big events in that game, which played a lot, you know, especially into the early years of WoW too. You know, there was very much a sequel to it. You know, this is like very much these things have happened Mm. and now World of Warcraft has expanded upon those. But a lot of those players wouldn't have ever have seen those events unfurl. So this is a great chance for some of the players that never got chance to experience them to to go through it. And as well, it's it's quite a u- unique and interesting strategy game. It was quite different for the time as well. Mm-hmm. Like when Warcraft 3 was uh, was first released, it was alongside kind of more traditional RTS games like, say, Command & Conquer. Rather than commanding an army of like, you know, a hundred units you controlled a very small group of mm. people and you had hero units even in like the base game you know which was very unique and different um very good though it was really fun and interesting yeah. absolutely um, so i think it'll be great for people who have never experienced that the blizzard strategy game basically because they stopped really making them in the same way because yeah. obviously i know the starcraft but that is so different yes absolutely i think I see it a little bit like a film remake as well, because, Hmm. you know, now that when you're talking about the the story aspect of it, you know, I sort of think it's an opportunity to to play something and experience a storyline and that you a lot of people, myself included, will have completely missed that now you're maybe more interested in because you've played World of Warcraft or you've played Heroes of the Storm. So you want to know a little bit more about these characters because you've you've interacted with them in other games and that's cool and then you've also on top of that warcraft 3 has a lot of like meta history around all of the mods that were in it in terms of things like i mean it basically spawned um that plus the the mod for starcraft but the warcraft 3 mod was the main mod um that spawned sort of defense of the ancients which you know Mm -hmm. the the multiplayer online battle arena basically started there yeah um and 
what's really cool is that in Warcraft 3, in, in this in this Warcraft 3 Reforged, they're making it so that it's completely backwards compatible with all of the old mods and maps, which is really, really good because it means that all of those old maps are still going to work and all of those old mods are going to work. You know, a little bit like playing on Nostalgia again, a little like World of Warcraft Classic. Uh, I know that we'll be firing up some of those old tower defense maps that we used yeah, to play definitely. that basically don't work anymore because Warcraft no. 3 is very, very buggy on a on a brand new machine now. But it's a little bit more than WoW Classic, right? Because it's not just the nostalgia. I think in this situation... Warcraft 3 is still a good game, right? Like as a game, it's it's aged a lot less than World of Warcraft Classic. You know, you, it's still an interesting game. It's an interesting strategy game. There's a lot of interesting stories to tell there. In WoW Classic, the stories are still being told, right? Like the, like yeah. the game is just bigger than the original. Whereas in, in Warcraft 3, like that's stories that you can only play in Warcraft 3. Yeah, it's a contained and, story that has a beginning, middle and end. And right is completable which a lot of people have missed you know and it's not like you can just jump back into it at any point you have to start from the beginning it's also being released at a good price point it's um 25 pounds which i think is really good for you know the fact that it is a remake and sort of bringing it under the 30 pound mark i think for a lot of people will make it kind of a no-brainer to purchase um, if they've missed it or they want to sort of you know exploit the nostalgia a little bit i think it's just it's such a great get it was a great game and it still kind of will be a great game and for that price it's really good i think they're using it as a great opportunity to i don't want to say reinvent the warcraft brand Mm. but definitely reinvigorate it agreed and it needs it i think you know i know wow is still a big a huge thing but i think that warcraft does need you know reviving a little bit to be honest because they've put quite a lot of emphasis on other IPs recently. Yes. Uh, which is a shame in a way, because I would say that Warcraft is sort of their their oldest one. It's their it's very much their father figure game within their lineup. And it's been overshadowed a lot recently by one of its sort of like newer siblings, as it were, and that's Overwatch. Uh, and Overwatch is an absolutely fantastic game, don't get me wrong, but it definitely doesn't have the pedigree, shall we say of something like Warcraft. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they are trying to keep that relevant within a very changing gaming landscape. Yeah, um, definitely. But with Overwatch mentioned, yeah. <laughs> they did uh, announce some new Overwatch content. And neither of us are particularly active Overwatch players. We both own it and we both do play it occasionally. Um, occasionally is definitely more of the, is definitely the word. Yeah. But I was a little bit sort of left wanting if for lack of a better word they announced a new character which is always exciting don't get me wrong uh and it looks like quite a cool interesting character she doesn't seem particularly unique from what i've read and listened to about her she seems to be quite a high skill cap which is great but she also doesn't seem to do anything too different and interesting she seems to Mm -hmm. just be a shooter character with like a a maneuver a a maneuvering skill set uh, which is fine, I guess, but for this to be sort of your one of your big reveals, because let's face it, right, BlizzCon is where they want to do their biggest reveals. So if they were going to do something even bigger for Overwatch, they'd have done that and had this character maybe later on or earlier on in the year as sort of a, hey, don't forget about Overwatch, come try this new character out. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel unique and special enough, you know? Yeah, I, I, 
I agree. As a as a not really Overwatch player, I think that Overwatch needs needs a lot more to bring me back. But then also partly maybe it's just not for me. Uh, I think that it's nice that they're still building on it. They're clearly committed to it. Um, again, g- going back to what we were saying, you know, Blizzard are they do look after their franchises, and you know, e- even just doing anything is 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 nice and is impressive compared to a lot of video game companies who will you know release a sequel rather than just adding to their existing mm. game especially as overwatch is a you know purchase once and then never again um, yeah which game. i think you could definitely commend blizzard for because 100%. they make their money from overwatch very clearly via the loot boxes in the game <laughs> yeah. however i can guarantee you that like a very high percentage of players who actively play the game who buy loot boxes would also say drop another 20 pounds for this year's season pass or something right know, yeah for new they maps would. and new modes and new characters i guarantee it so the fact that blizzard don't do that when they probably could i think is quite a testament to their commitment mm. to the fans and commitment to keeping their brand healthy yeah i think the whole loot box side of things is another can of worms that we don't really want to get into but <laughs> that i think is probably a better way of doing it yeah. So that you don't alienate players like, say, you and I, who yeah. play it maybe once every, you know, three, four months or something. Um, you know, we don't then have to go, well, I need another expansion pack to be able to play with my friends. Um, right. You know, you just load the game up and sure, they've got skins and, you know, voice lines that you don't have, but you can still play the game no matter what, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's really interesting that Blizzard have such a wide variety of pricing strategies Mm. and like monetization strategies, like whether it's World of Warcraft that's free and then a subscription or it's Overwatch where you pay for it and then you basically you you don't have to pay again. um, But it's not there's no free really free aspect to it apart from the occasional free weekend. Um, to something like Heroes of the Storm, which is their their answer to League of Legends, essentially. Um, it's sort of like League of Legends meets Smash Brothers because it's, yeah. it takes all of their characters from their other um, from their other franchises. And that's free to play, but you have to pay to unlock heroes or you can wait long enough. And eventually, if you're really, really lucky, you'll unlock most of them. But at some point, you're going to either have to buy one or earn it enough if you play enough yeah um, or just wait until it becomes cheaper once it's an older hero and you know that's like another that's a very sort of traditional free-to-play strategy um and there was some new little bits and pieces for heroes of the storm as well and and heroes is definitely uh the game the blizzard game that i play the most by a huge margin i'm what i'm really excited about is they announced a new character called orphia but unlike all the other characters in Heroes, she is the first character that is purely from Heroes of the Storm. She's mm-hmm. not from another franchise. Uh, this is sort of like retconning to the highest degree because I think I don't really imagine that when they made Heroes of the Storm, they had like a whole storyline and lore team build this like complex plot about what it is because it's like it's like smash brothers right like yeah. you don't you don't make a storyline for smash brothers you just sort of like you slap some nintendo characters in a room together and have them fight one another which right. is basically what heroes is which is yeah, just you don't need a story but no we knew that this was coming this has been coming for a long time like building the story in heroes a little bit like how league you know league of legends is known for we've talked about it before in a previous episode about having quite a lot of of sort of lore and story and rich kind of stuff that you can dive into and 
I don't know if necessarily Blizzard are reacting to that, but I think more maybe they're they're filling the gap because I think that over time, if you look at Warcraft, for example, Warcraft has always had a rich kind of storyline and Starcraft to some extent has had a reasonably rich storyline and it feels like they're making sure they're sort of staying true to that. And they're like, mm-hmm. you know what? Telling stories is a big part of who we do as a video game publisher. Yeah. Yes. Okay. The games we make are big on esports and big on, you know, sort of online play and those things that typically you don't expect a huge backstory for. Um, but they're like, you know what? We're going to do it anyway, because it's, this is what we, this is what we are. And we're going to weave it into all of our games, not just the ones that lend themselves best to stories. Mm. Uh, and so I kind of really respect that. And I, and I'm excited to see what, you know, I think a, a MOBA gives you a lot of flexibility as a storytelling, you know, team, because you don't it's quite whimsical and so you've got, yeah. you've kind of got a lot of flexibility there's not really a lot that you need to be constrained by no you can just do what you want absolutely because um, you remove from all the other ips in the first place so yeah. you can be quite unique and interesting uh, i don't know anything about this new character that they've announced for heroes but i imagine that's probably going to be what they're going to do with it isn't it exactly like she is the daughter of the raven lord and the raven lord like has controlled some area in the nexus for millennia um and she has this like weird creepy monster thing that is kind of cute that looks a little bit like if you've played skyward sword the weird monster that you have to like bash nails into do you like the weird like nightmare thing i don't know if you ever played skyward sword i didn't but that sounds horrific it looks exactly like that. Um, it's really weird, but it's sort of like half cute. It's quite a cliche character, like a little bit like um, quite tropey. Hmm. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just, I don't know. It's, I think it's kind of fun to see like brand new characters hmm. in, a, in a game like Heroes. Um, see, what's interesting is that we've, we've kind of been a little bit hypocritical here because we were like saying, oh, it was kind of disappointing that the only thing Overwatch announced was a new character. But now we're singing in the praises of Heroes of the Storm talking about a new character they're adding to the roster but it's the difference between the two of them which makes it is that overwatch is built on its characters whereas heroes isn't built on its characters per se because they're all pre-existing characters that they're just throwing into it this shows that blizzard are very confident about heroes they want to put more resources into it because it would have cost them more manpower essentially to create a new character because someone they would have had to have had a team of people kind of draw up a draft for her and designer and you know and as well as movesets too because for the most part most of the characters in the heroes of the storm just have their movesets taken directly from whichever character they're of based course. upon you know i know most about the overwatch than anything else but they are literally identical in some instances yeah. um and that can't be that difficult to make work within heroes of the storm i suppose the hardest thing is probably making sure they're balanced um, so they don't kind of like, you know, break the game in terms of competitive play. So it shows that they're more confident that they want to put a little bit more clout behind Heroes as a more unique standalone brand, mm. as opposed to this is just the black sheep of the family that we did because it would be fun and we wanted to have a MOBA competitor. <laughs> right, exactly. Know? Which is great. I, I'm really happy for that, especially considering how important that game series is to our social group too. As you say, it's the one that you play the most. It gets played a lot of our, at our lands. Um, you know, so it's great to see that it's doing well. 
Definitely, 100%. And sort of continuing that discussion around Blizzard's strategy, um, the, one of the other things that's sort of come out of, of BlizzCon and, and Blizzard in general at the moment is that um, Destiny 2, which is not a Blizzard game, but is an Activision published game uh, and is on Battle.net, has been made completely free for a limited period of time, which I suspect will end up being permanent, if I'm entirely honest. Yeah, I, um, I think so. they're just going to pause for a little bit and then whatever it's free for everyone yeah uh if you don't know uh destiny is that massive um sort of first person shooter um sort of mmo franchise from bungie the developers of halo originally um and it's not a blizzard game it's a bungie game but it's published by activision so it's on Battle.net. Battle.net is its pc delivery service mm. if you like um and so they've made it free uh, for a limited period of time and that's because there's an expansion which you have to pay for and you know while i'm not i'm not super fussed about destiny or destiny 2 i think that this is sort of a wider sign especially when you look at all the other blizzard games as well of really just different pricing strategies is really coming towards the big triple a titles as well now Mm. and you're seeing a lot of free-to-play a lot of microtransactions a lot of flexibility around expansions and season passes and all of that kind of thing and we're getting to the point now where like the original games are just delivery mechanisms for season passes yes which is not necessarily a bad thing i think that it's just a it's definitely a different thing yeah and the cynic in me is definitely like, okay, you're just trying to like squeeze more money out of me by making me pay over and over. But also if you're delivering me a lot of content, then I'm not necessarily critical about that. We have to sort of remember that some of these games have literally hundreds of hours worth of entertainment in them and hundreds of millions of dollars of budget Yes, and ongoing budget when content is continues to be delivered. And I think that not all PC gamers, but and not all gamers in general, but I think a lot of the gaming community does often feel quite entitled. Oh, very Uh, much. Yeah. And so I wouldn't want to dismiss like recurring payments and season passes out of hand. Uh, And so I think that it's nice to see and perhaps sort of interesting and exciting to see something as big as destiny Two being given away, Mm. you know, like that, that's sort of, that's quite a big deal for me, I think. It's the very big in the sense of, like you say, it's a new pricing strategy for Blizzard. And they're sort of testing the water to see what works, what doesn't work, how they're going to continue doing, going things. And it's it's cool because it's more accessible for more people now. Right. But we also mentioned in the notes, too, that this is almost a smart move on Activision's side of things to get more of their player base using Battle.net. Because I would yeah. say... we. We say, like, Destiny 2 has a bit of a different demographic to the most of the other Blizzard lineup, uh, except for maybe Overwatch, I guess. So you're going to get more people install Battle.net and go, what's this thing called Heroes of the Storm, you know? Or, oh, wow, I used to play World of Warcraft. That's that's really cool. Like, oh, I'll play that. Yeah. Um, you know, so you're kind of combining those two fan bases yeah. by making people use Battle.net uh, to be able to play Destiny 2 in the first place. So Yeah, agreed. I think that it's I think it's definitely a clever cross promotion between the two companies. Or not two companies, but you know what I mean, two yeah. brands of yeah. companies, two branches. The only thing is thinking about it is Destiny 2 isn't cross platform. So 
that yes, there's a different demographic, but also when you think about Destiny 2, the PC gamer demographic. Yeah, true. That's less of a like cross promotion because those people are definitely going to have Battle.net installed and yeah. be playing Hearthstone. <laughs> yeah. But, because well, the people who play Destiny 2 on console are not ever going to see Battle.net ever. So, yeah, no, fair enough. But I, I I still think it is part of it. And, you know, maybe it's also a little bit cross-promotion the other way to some extent, like actually bring Destiny 2 to, to PC gamers yes. that aren't playing a lot of Destiny 2. Yeah. Like, I think it goes both ways. But it's interesting. It's interesting to see um, this sort of Activision, you know, influence in what Blizzard is doing. And also, you know, this being part of BlizzCon and stuff like that. I think that's really interesting. Um, and yeah, I, I, I've i picked it up and installed it. You know, I claimed the, the yeah, free... Same. You can only claim for a limited period of time. So I claimed it. Uh, what I really like about this is... What really irritated me about Destiny is that you know, you bought the game and then there were so many expansions and they also made it, I bought like one expansion and then didn't play for a while. And then they made it so that you had to buy the game again. Like there was no way of just upgrading that like half expanded game. And get like a reduced price or something. Yeah. And even though the price was reasonable on principle, I was like, I don't want a second copy of the game. I just bought. Like that's really annoying. That's super annoying. So I quite respect that it's like the expansion is at the price of a full game, but by making the original free now, like where I was never going to buy both games, I'm now more likely to buy the expansion if I get really stuck into Destiny 2. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, actually, I want to play more of this so I can pick up, I'll pick up the expansion, um, which was probably outside of the realms of, of me casually doing mm. um, when I knew I had to buy two games. Uh, so I think that's pretty cool. I'm quite happy about that. It's very obvious that Activision has more corporate-minded ideals mm. uh, than Blizzard do, in a way. Like, Blizzard feels like the, the the player's company, whereas Activision feels more like the business company. Yeah. Uh, and no more is that obvious in the final thing we want to talk about from BlizzCon, which I think is the one that most people are aware of as well, because how much of a stink it caused. Yeah. And that is Diablo Immortal. Right. Um which is a mobile game, which we don't have the pricing points on yet, but is based on the Diablo universe, which is a very, very popular PC game. It's kind of invented the dungeon crawler, I would say, for the most part, yeah. uh, back in the original game. And then it's gone on ever since to become a very, very popular and famous game. And it's caused a bit of a ruckus, I would say, because the, the way you described it to me was... Blizzard really handled this wrong in that people have been wanting and clamoring for Diablo 4, which has been in the works and people know it's kind of going to come. And up until the the run-up of, of BlizzCon, which is like their, you know, their main avenue for advertising once a year, you know, it's their big event that people pay for, like we said, to, to watch. And they said, right, we're going to do something Diablo related. And obviously people are like, oh my God, Diablo 4, right? And then they go ahead and announce Diablo Immortal, which is going to be this mobile game, which is based on previous assets, likely at least anyway, from a different developer, not Blizzard directly. People got quite salty, let's say. Uh, yes. I think that's probably the best way you could describe it. It's the and, politest. Uh, the cynic in me agrees. Like, yeah, that's really dumb. Like, this is just a cash grab. But then the more reasonable aspect to me is like, well, what did you expect? Like, 
you can only get what you were going to give and it's your fault that you expected that in the first place like they didn't say it was Diablo 4 they just said it was a Diablo release so it's hard I'm definitely in two minds like what frustrates me about the the sort of um, irritation around Diablo Immortal is that everyone knows they're making Diablo 4 it's not like a blizzard if they're making diablo immortal they are gonna take longer to make diablo 4 Mm -hmm. like you're getting diablo 4 and they're working on it and they know that it's a big deal and they're gonna want to get it right and they're probably gonna get it right because blizzard have a really good reputation so a lot of people are saying well if they're just teased diablo 4 as well alongside immortal then it this wouldn't have been such a big deal and i agree and actually that kind of frustrates me that i agree with that like they probably (laughs) would have got away with it if they'd just displayed the diablo 4 logo and like talked about it a little bit you know even just like literally they could have released like a tiny press release about it and a you know you'd only have to look at the elder scrolls 6 teaser trailer from bethesda that's basically just the logo and like a scene across a landscape which could be a helicopter footage yeah um like and people just lose their mind and and love that about bethesda and it's like if blizzard had done that they probably would have got away with diablo immortal Mm. and so it's sort of like I'm in I'm in two minds about it because I also do understand the concern that this is like Activision muscling in, right? Yes. And this is a you know we have seen it before that as PC gamers and this remember we we discussed this right this like literally is a hundred percent PC fan base at BlizzCon and watching it at home on their you know for fifty dollars they want to see PC stuff yeah and they are used to being disappointed by their favorite games companies making mobile games to cash grab on an established franchise especially when this is being pushed down their throat as a really big reveal right exactly it would be different if this had been a side thing people would have gone okay fine like you're exploring like we you know we can't no one i don't think anyone no pc gamer would would deny blizzard the right to experiment with mobile more than just hearthstone you know Mm -hmm. like experiment with releasing something like a diablo game on mobile like everyone is okay with them doing that but if you're a very avid pc gamer and it's like cool pc gaming events okay i'll 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 like big announcement is a mobile game yeah (laughs) like i can see why that's irritating that is very irritating especially for the people that paid money to watch that you know maybe one of the big reasons you bought your ticket to watch it live was because you were interested in seeing what they would have to say about diablo and that's what they say yeah i can see why you get pretty angry about that but also those same people not all of them but some of them would probably be you know satisfied with a teaser trailer (laughs) with a logo i don't know i just i just can't get over the fact that that's you know that's not an unreasonable um, sort of guess no. about how they could have handled this better. <laughs> Although then maybe something that we haven't considered is the fact that they kind of did this almost on purpose, maybe, because the the press is, as a result, pushing the game more than it probably ever would have gotten otherwise. I mean, no, no publicity is bad publicity, right? Exactly. And maybe, you know, Blizzard Activision knew that this is going to be, you know, otherwise a bit of a stinker. You know, it'll get picked up by the usual people that play these sort of like <laughs> mobile games. It almost certainly will have microtransactions built into it, right? Um, and they were like, well, let's get the word out more by having a bit of an infamous reveal rather than an awesome oh reveal. Oh my God. I you mean, know? it did knock a fair chunk off, off their share price. So I'm not sure whether it was worth it. <laughs> eh, but it's going to bounce back, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's yeah, a very 
well-established stable company with like some of the strongest ips in the business like mm. i definitely think like to be honest my my opinion is i think they could have handled it better um i think that people are probably overreacting when yes. everyone knows diablo 4 is a thing and it's not gonna be later just because they're making diablo immortal no. and i don't think that it's a sign of blizzard going down the pan no. in terms of like making a mobile like selling out and stuff like that like blizzard have a lot of stuff and they have a good repu they still in my opinion have a good reputation of yeah. doing the right thing um even if sometimes they misstep and diablo immortal is definitely a sign of that also like think about diablo 3 when it first launched you know and all the auction house controversy and stuff mm. like that like you know they do sometimes misstep but but lots of companies misstep and i think that what you have to respect is that a lot of the time blizzard listen and you only have to look at the things we talked about at the start world of warcraft classic yeah. warcraft 3 reforged like that is them literally like listening to requests directly and answering them and so you know i'm i'm still of the opinion that i want to cut blizzard some slack for yeah. something like diablo immortal done <laughs> yeah no Cut. for sure i think that basically wraps up our sort of opinions on on blizzcon um there were other things that were discussed like there was some hearthstone stuff talked about yeah. but it was less of a reveal more of a this is the new stuff that you're going to get and yeah that's not something that we have much of an opinion on as non-hearthstone players so we just sort of be reporting the news rather than actually discussing it yeah same with starcraft 2 as well there was some starcraft 2 updates um some like new added content a little bit of patchwork here and there but again i just wouldn't be able to justify talking about it with such limited knowledge on it so yeah, yeah. The, what we've talked about today i think is the stuff that is more interesting from both an in and out of game perspective um, definitely so hopefully you enjoyed our little uh discussion pieces on the ups and downs of blizzcon 2018 yeah absolutely it's definitely an ups and downs like probably more so than a lot of previous ones <laughs> yeah no i think we've been we've been quite critical which is good so uh let us know what you think on it uh if you agree or disagree with what we've said uh maybe you think that wow classic is here to stay and it's going to be the the future of world of warcraft you know yeah <laughs> uh, then let us know tell us that we're completely off kilter with that one yeah. Um, or maybe you disagree and you think that Diablo Immortal is a complete travesty and it is just clearly signs of the corporate entity of Activision taking things over. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, uh, I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not 100% certain. <laughs> it could be, it could, it could be, could be. Um, but yeah, definitely let us know. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at OctalFM. Uh, you can email us, show at octal.fm. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash OctalFM. There's a theme here with where all of these things yeah. are. Um, and don't forget to like press the star button in your podcast app or leave us a review um, or tell your friends about us. Hmm. All of that, all of that kind of stuff uh, really, really helps. Yeah, no, um, it does. Just spread the word a little bit, get us out there a little bit more. hundred percent. So please, please do that. Um, that would be amazing. Yeah. Uh, we would love you forever if you do. But if you don't and you're still listening anyway that's that's fine too yeah absolutely <laughs> we're happy 100%. that people find our podcast interesting to listen to anyway definitely um we really value your time absolutely um, uh but yeah and on the valuing time note i have been gelada and i have been Seferin. and catch us again for another episode of octal fm very soon <laughs>